Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. Did you guys know that I have a program that will help you heal your relationship with food and reconnect with your body? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But for the past year and a half, I have been guiding my fat loss and body transformation clients through a series of mindset steps that I have taken and created one big epic program out of called Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food. There is a link in the bio to give you and only you guys, my very loyal listeners, 15% off of this program. It's eight weeks. You can take as long as you need. You get four coaching calls with me and truly weight loss is a side effect, but what's way more powerful is being able to look in the mirror and not dart your eyes the other way, to not feel inappropriate, to not feel uncomfortable in your own skin. It's like, this is where we live. And I know all too well what it's like to not feel comfortable in the skin you're in. On top of that, I know what it's like when the one thing that keeps us alive, aka food, (laughs) is stressful for you because we have to eat to be human. So if you are struggling with your eating relationship, your body relationship, and your self-confidence, and at the same time, you also want to change something, I'm here to tell you that you can't change it if you don't understand your mindset and why you're stuck in the first place. This program will change all of that for you. So Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food online course, links in the show notes for you guys to get it for 15% off, and you'll get four coaching calls with me. I cannot wait to help you on your journey. All right, back to the show. This episode may seem like a surprise, Uh, maybe as much of a surprise for you as it does for me because you guys know me at this point and you know that I am pregnant, engaged, and yeah, basically in my happily ever after with my partner, Jeff, aka Surfer Cuz, who I think has been on this show 11 times, so he's my most listened to guest. But I'm here today because a very dear friend of mine and former podcast guest two times over, the breakup coach Dorothy Johnson, had an event on Valentine's Day, which was now two Sundays ago. And it was called the Bravehearts Festival. And she asked me, she's like, do you want to speak? Like, is there something you want to share with my Bravehearts? I'm doing an all-day festival for them on Valentine's Day to share some love and guidance on a day that can be triggering for people going through breakups. And I said, yeah, count me in. And she's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I said, dating for self-exploration. So today... I'm here to give you guys the solo cast version of my talk with Dorothy that's abbreviated, but also just the main points a little bit more fluidly. Uh, The real, real, or the real talk is on Dorothy's page and also on my IGTV pages. So I'll link all of that. The reason I would listen to that if you like this episode is to hear what some of the questions that people asked. I'm only going to address specifically one question that was asked because 
Um, there were just so many and I would end up recreating the whole thing. And I'm doing this episode to give a consolidated um, version of this for all of you guys because um, I think it will benefit a lot of people because a lot of people right now who are single, who are having to make some tough decisions in dating will heed this advice. It is a humongous mindset shift because right now it's not lost on me that you don't even, it's not just about prioritizing your time like it used to be. Like, is it worth my time to go on this date? Is it worth my energy? Does this person seem worth it? It's more like, and is it worth it to me to meet this person when we're in a global pandemic and go out of my way to go to a restaurant, be in a public space and all of that stuff. So a lot more weight to our decisions. And I think it makes them feel harder to make. And my hope is that you leave this episode with an entirely new perspective on dating. And I know we're only two and a half minutes in, but I will also say if you are not single, you are in a relationship, you will also find this very helpful because this was one of my, I channeled this whole thing last year during COVID. And you're like, wait, what, Garrett, you talked about, you, you thought about dating as a self-exploration tool during, during COVID? Wait, why? You're, you were engaged at that point. You were pregnant at that point. Um, the why is because one day I proclaimed aloud at our cabin when I would work in the family room and Jeff would be upstairs in the loft, so kind of like an open floor co-working space. I said, I miss dating. And he looked at me like, wait, what? Uh, and then, of course, I had to explain. So we're going to explain why I miss dating. And by the way, like I said, if you're not single, you may realize that you miss it too. And I, the answer to this is not to go out and date or to break up with your partner and go date, but to think about ways in which you can explore what dating gives to people and explore this mindset shift regardless of if you're single or not. Okay, so very excited about what is coming through in this kind of solo cast channeled message. And I'm and I think it will be really helpful again, whether you are actually dating for a romantic partner or not. And again, if you want to listen to this and hear the original talk that is chock full of me answering questions in real time, you can find that on my IGTV or on Dorothy's uh, home page at the Breakup Coach Dorothy. Okay, so we are going to get started. So if you remember the last time I interviewed Sam Morgan on this podcast, it was like a three-hour podcast, and he, I think he sang for us, and we got up talking about dating. We, we were talking about feminine energy, masculine energy, all these things. And he always says, you know, I, Garrett, I adore your dating story. I, I love that you had your 55 dates with 35 people. And I just, I love that you had your happily ever after all the stuff. I said, yeah, me too. Except in the moment, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And I was just doing it to do it because I thought the more I did, the better my chances. And I was very much still in a phase of life where I was doing versus being. And at this point, when we're having this conversation about my past dating life, I realized, I was like, I really miss dating. I miss it because I don't get a chance to proclaim to the world who I am on a regular basis. And that's when I had the aha moment. And when I hung up from that interview with Sam, that's when I looked at Jeff and I said, I miss dating. And the you know, message it starts from there. So I wanted to give you a bit of background. So... 
First point of today, dating implores that you declare who you are, right? When you sit down with a stranger, you have to tell them who you are, right? You're essentially sitting down and answering that question. Well, where do we typically start? We typically start with our our ego identity and the identity that we share to the world, the mask that we wear. And what's funny to me that I didn't realize at the time well, I did, and I'll get to that, but I, I sort of also didn't, is that let's say that I, we, we all have online personas, right? We all have LinkedIn. Most of us have LinkedIn. I should say most of us have Facebook. Most of us have Instagram and Twitter and or dating profiles if you're dating. Now, what are those things have? It has a picture that's like your avatar. It has your title, what you do for work. It has maybe some foods or trips you've taken that you loved, friends that you love, and People can pretty much figure out what the mask that you wear to society is without ever sitting down for that cup of coffee, right? They decide whether they want to meet you or not based on your online avatar, your online presence, aka the mask you create that you use to show up to the world. Now, at the time I was dating, when I first started after a bad breakup in 2015, I was realizing that I didn't know who I was. And I didn't know who I was at all, but especially from the, well, I had forgotten who I was because I like to say that I, the, the Garrett that I am today is very much the Garrett I was when I was 18, but I had forgotten who I was. And I didn't, I felt like the internet didn't understand who I was. And I had like five jobs. <laughs> I was doing all these different things. And so... My first struggle was, huh, if they pull up my Instagram, they'll see that I do fitness and fitness teaching, but I really have like a background in real estate and I'm writing a book and I do audio voice coaching and I'm a sister and, and I was like, what, how do I describe all that? Right? So I felt misunderstood before I even got to the date. And so what I realized, oh, let's say over the first 20 dates was that I needed to figure out what what mask felt the most true for me. And you're going to say, well, wait, why are we talking about ego? Isn't ego bad? No, ego is very helpful. We've talked about this before on this podcast. So if you're new, welcome. I will guide you to the right episodes. Uh, Ego comes up in, in pretty much almost every solo cast I've ever done. But I always talk about Eckhart Tolle's book, The New Earth. And he talks about ego as a very helpful thing that keeps us safe, keeps us protected, helps us make sense of who we are oftentimes, but also it thrives in a state of lack and want. So Tom Brady's ego keeps him going back for those Super Bowl rings, right? Now for me, I needed something to stand on. I needed to know what my identity was because I just wasn't settled on it within myself. Not because I thought that it would attract the right partner, but something fell off to me. So the first reason, now we're nine minutes in and we're getting to the point here, the first reason why dating is an accelerated tool for self-growth is that you get to try on all of the potential identities you've thought about or flirted with for size. You get to try them on. And here's what's really neat. Let's say you sit down to dinner with a stranger and you say, I'm an author, And it's very grounded. I am an author. And that's how you communicate. And the conversation then encircles your writing. And you love the conversation. 
obviously, if you know me, you know I'm speaking from just my own personal example here. I may walk away from that dinner, and even if I'm never going to see him again, I can know deep in my heart that I learned how grounded it it is in me to be an author, and that is part of who I am as a being. And one of the ways, again, we will know this is grounded or not, is that when we communicate something that's not true, our voice gets a little higher. So if I say, yes, I'm an author, and I also do real estate sometimes um, on the side, real estate wasn't as true for me, right? It was not grounded. So I had a harder time communicating it from a place of this is who I am, and I always felt the need to back it up with examples and projects and clients and prove that I really was this real estate person because deep down, I didn't feel that connected to it. So I encourage you to think about in this moment, when you sit down to date, and I'll get to a non-dating example in just a second. If you are that person that's single and dating, when you sit down, how do you describe yourself? What mask do you show up wearing? By the way, not wrong to wear a mask. We're going to get to the next level of awareness in point two. But as a general mask, you know, surface level thing, how you show up should feel good to you. It should feel good when you communicate it. It should also sound grounded in your voice when you communicate it. And the feeling and the sound should match. So let's say that I get my voice to sound grounded, but as soon as I say I'm a real estate developer, I get a twinge of anxiety in my body. Well, well, that's my sign. Not really true for me. Or I get fidgety, or I get uncomfortable, or I get nervous. It's not about the other person. It's about us. Now, if this person, though, is very intuitive or open to receiving uh, you know, body language, they may pick up on the fact that what you're saying doesn't feel true for you. They're not going to know why, they're not going to know how, but they're just going to read that as potentially inauthentic. And this is why it's very important to feel aligned with the first level of who we are, our mask that we show to the world, so that the other person can also get it, okay? So I had to figure out what ego or identity I was presenting to the world and how it felt when I communicated it as a test to see, is this true for me or not? How does it feel in my body when I say, I am a podcaster or I am an author? Now, if you are the person who is in a happy relationship like I am, you're like, well, crap, how do I do this if I'm not dating strangers? Well, in my experience, <laughs> I like to meet strangers on the internet for podcasting purposes. You guys have met them at this point too. A lot of the people I've met on LinkedIn or Instagram become podcast interviews, and I get to have that conversation, whether we do a pre-recording conversation just to get to know each other and each other's missions and why we're doing what we're doing and what we want to talk about and what we want to co-create, or it's a cold interview, and I just do a quick 10-minute, hey, here's how the podcast is going to run. What would you you know, generally want to make sure we talk about today? I'll guide us there, and we go from there. So there are ways to, you know, whether you go out to meet strangers for coffee, easier, you know, done pre-COVID times, or you podcast, or you just do video intro calls with people to network, um, you can achieve this same thing. 
I, I know it's annoying when we get spammed on LinkedIn. Hey, do you want to do a 15 minute coffee chat? Or, Hey, do you want to network about this thing I'm doing? If you have the time and you're, and you're not single, this is your version of dating. I highly encourage you to utilize it because you will get practice sitting down with a stranger, communicating who you are from your ego identity and seeing how it lands in your body. Okay. Very helpful thing to try that. Or finally, just get your journaling practice in check. Write down who you're being today without expectation from who you were yesterday, without expectation of who you're supposed to be today or tomorrow, and just say, huh, today I really feel aligned with the identity of a podcaster. I have so many podcasting things on my agenda this week, and I really realize that I'm settling into this mode, right? So that's one way. So as I went down this thought work exercise of why I miss dating, and I had understood level one was, okay, I, I realized how helpful it was at the time in my life where I didn't know what mask I was wearing. I didn't know how I wanted to self-identify. I felt like other people didn't understand me. I was able to gain a better understanding of who I was as my mask self to the point where I felt really confident in it. And that helped me, it helped my work too. It helped me better um, communicate in my blogging, in my writing, all of those things. But then I realized, well, crap, it doesn't really matter what my identity is because Prince Charming doesn't technically won't care if I'm an attorney or I'm an artist or I'm a podcaster as long as I love what I do and I'm being who I really am. And I was like, crap, who am I really? Well, that second revelation I just mentioned to you only happened because I had it within myself thinking externally first. What does that mean? It meant that I had a conscious thought about how thinking about masks and identities that I really didn't care if the guy, because after 20 dates of the 55 I was about to be going on before I found my Prince Charming, I was like, crap. I've been on 20 of these, and what I realize is I don't care if he does finance, he's a doctor, he's a firefighter, he's a starving artist, I really don't care. All I care about is the energy I feel when I'm with him and coming from him. Does he love what he does? Does he love his family? Who is he as a being, not what he does? And when I realized that was something I was looking for, I realized I had to be that for someone else too. So I could talk about the things I did and I could definitely present that mask. But ultimately, the reason you sit down to coffee or dinner with someone is because you want to get to the beingness, right? I was like, crap, they can figure out whatever they want to figure out about me on LinkedIn, Facebook, dating profile, Instagram before we meet. How am I going to show up as my being self? What does that look like? And the reason that, that obviously this feels much more grounded and real, and there's a lot more depth to this point than the first one about our mask and I, our identity, but I wanted to include the level one, uh, uh, call it, of awakening to this dating as a self-exploration tool because I did struggle with it. And I know how many people in their 20s and even in their 30s are still trying to figure out what the heck they do. And it's sort of just like level one. It's the easy one because... If your LinkedIn is vague, then it's you're going to have to answer the question when you get to the date anyway of like, what do you do for work? Okay, so worth mentioning, all the steps matter. Um, but 
we have to be able to go deeper once we get to the date because eventually we have to take our mask off. And what I realized was the more I got comfortable taking my mask off, the more I realized other people were still keeping their masks on. And that's when I was able to better discern if Joe Schmo was right for me or not. And I also learned why the first 20-some dates were really frustrating because I was so concerned with my mask that they were clearly, because energy is always, we're always equally matching each other's energy. I was like, well, crap, I was wearing, you know, my mask. So of course they were wearing their masks and that's why we didn't get anywhere. Or if they were just judging me on my mask, it's because I didn't go deeper, but neither did they. So as we think about this deeper level of awareness of who are we being, we have to be courageous enough to take that mask off, okay? And answer the question, who am I being? So this is sort of like if we're talking about the dating example where you ask the questions like, what do you do with your free time? And yeah, the the, the word do is in that, but it shows you how they're being. Do they sleep in and move through the day without a schedule? Is their being more fluid and free and they have nowhere to be and, you know, all the time in the world? Or are they a very regimented, you know, busy, you know, busy bees on the weekend? Different energy, different way of being. Do they travel far and wide to see their family on the weekend or when they take vacations, or are they doing more self-development workshops? Or so I'm just giving examples, right? But that tells you who they are as a being. And as we know from this podcast, who we are is always aligned with our values. And how we are being will show our values. So if someone says, well, I go back home to such and such town a lot on the weekends, I really love it. That's going to show you that you know, they may have a higher value on their family or nature or whatever is in that hometown. Okay. Now here's the really interesting part. And we've sort of warmed up to this, but it t- we've talked about the levels of consciousness and energy and vibration. And if we can, we've talked about how anger is actually a higher vibration than, um, let me pull it up because I really like this example. I'm just forgetting like what one specific um, energy is. But before I pull this up, I'll just finish my thought. Let's say that sadness or despair is a really low vibration. And we know that love is like the enjoyer, like the highest vibrations. Courage is on that scale. And we have to have courage to think about putting ourselves out there, Right. But there's another step before we are willing to do it. So here's the example that I was trying to get at. Anger, this is what we talked about a couple episodes ago. Anger is a higher vibration than desire, right? So I can want to lose weight. I can desire to lose weight. But I might actually have to get really angry with my current self before I take action, (laughs) And anger is a higher vibration than desire. And I'm not going to go into the, all of that because it was on another episode. But my point in this is let's say shame is the lowest vibration and peace, joy, enlightenment, and love are the highest vibration. Courage is pretty damn high, but it's actually lower than willingness. So we can have the courage to go deeper and to think about how we're going to share who we're being with someone. But what makes us actually do it? Now, this is big. 
on the David R. Hawkins levels of consciousness scale, courage is below neutrality, is below willingness. And I try not to get lost with me here. This will be very helpful for you, I promise. That before I can actually be willing to communicate and do the thing and go on the date and share the vulnerable thing, obviously I have to be courageous, but the other step is neutrality. We have to let go of expectations. So this was my third level of awakening with dating as a self-help or self-exploration tool and an accelerated one at that is that co-creation is, dating is a co-creation. I could plan the crap out of a date and I could set all these expectations for how it's going to go and what I'm going to wear and where we're going to walk and what we're going to do after the dinner and when I'm going to follow up and if I'm going to kiss him or not, all of that stuff, right? But at the end of the day, it's still co-creation because I can only quote unquote do so much. And once I enter this space of co-creation, he is going to, or if I dated women, she, I don't, but if I did, the two energies together co-create an experience where I take a step, they take a step. I take a step, they take a step. I can't plan the whole routine. And if I do, what fun would that be? That's not living. So in order to truly co-create on a date and authentically share who we're really being, level two, which is we got to go deeper than our mask, in order to take that mask off and to be willing, we have to be open to co-creation. What does co-creation require? It requires courage and then neutrality. We have to let go of expectations. And this was a really big one for me. That, again, I didn't get this realization till 2020 after I had been engaged for a year, after I was already pregnant, and once I was doing this in podcasting. Because what I realized was I could read someone's bio. I could, you know, strategically be like, what does the market need to hear? And how can I fill that void and uh, get more listens? Because I'm finding the right thing that the market needs to hear and try to, uh, you know, perfectly strategize my questions to get some response out of someone to hit my strategy. But that's not where the magic is, right? The magic is like the very Joe Rogan style of like, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to talk and we're going to see where we go. That's the magic. Not lost on me that he is the most listened to podcast in our country, right? That being said, in order to co-create to the highest potential, whether that's a one-date wonder or Prince Charming, we have to let go of expectation. So as I learned what it was like to let go of expectation when meeting strangers and co-creating a beautiful podcast recording on the internet, I had the aha moment because in one instant I noticed and I yelled aloud, I miss dating because I was realizing in that instant that it helped me remember check in with who I'm being on the outside very often, right? At least once a week, I had to state or proclaim who I was to the world. Am I an author? Am I a podcaster? Am I a trainer? Who the heck am I? And then I had to be willing to go a level deeper because I realized I'm not going to make a real connection with this person if I don't go beyond my mask. And I have to go beyond my mask and co-create with them in order for them to take off their mask. So if I don't take mine off, they're probably not going to take theirs off. Or if they do, maybe 
I'm not going to align with what they're sharing because I'm keeping mine on. So in co-creation, we have to be able to let go of expectation in order to call in our true partner. We can't, the universe knows better than we do, (laughs) always. So even if you stalked the crap out of someone or hired a private investigator before the first date and you knew all these things and you were like, they, you know, they have a charity and they're worth this much money and they have a great family and they won this award in college and all this stuff, you can't make them love you or make yourself love them until you have surrendered to whatever energy wants to come through in that co-created space. How does that happen? Well, neutrality. We let go of expectations. And my like personal story with this was I was so courageous and I'm going to do as many dates as it takes and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to meet strangers from the internet when I was dating, but I wasn't willing to stay neutral. I had all these expectations of he has to do this or he has to act this way or I have expectations of myself. I have to look pretty enough or I have to, it has to be this way. And all of that was blocking me from finding true connection, which obviously we can look at the higher power and point of all of this. And that is that I was supposed to go through those experiences so I could be here now talking to you guys about what, you know, the power of dating as a self-exploration tool. Um, But slash and I should say, and I, I, my timing was my timing and I met my partner when I met my partner and everything was perfectly timed, but (laughs) I was so frustrated when I met Jeff with dating that I had no choice but to surrender my expectations because I had been literally a guy walked out on the date. He walked out. He literally left the table mid-conversation was the last date I went on before I met Jeff, my now fiance, which means I was pissed and I was just like, whatever, I am going to surrender and just be the most me I could be. Well, you're probably like, Garrett, you're telling us this stuff, but we need examples. How can you convey be without that you're, how can you take your mask off, right? Let's do another example of that. Well, real life example, Jeff, actually, I didn't know this till later, but he went first and what he did, so Jeff is a portfolio manager. So he's a finance guy. He does finance. He, before COVID, would wear the like, you know, business casual uniform of button down and nice slacks and bring his lunch to work, all this stuff. And he could have said to me on the car ride where we were going snowboarding for our first date, he could have said, I'm a portfolio manager. I manage people's money. I do this at this firm. We have this many employees. I went to this school. And, you know, to some degree, he did start uh, there. But him going deeper and showing me who he really was, which he didn't tell me this till later, but him taking his mask off was scary. He told me all these stories of elk hunting in the Wyoming forest. And I rem- I just happened to, of course, as as he unmasked, which I, I thought, you know, I, I wasn't aware that that's what he was doing. I was so interested. It was such a compelling story. And little did he know, I come from a family that has hunted and um, loves hunting and outdoors activities. So, of course, I was captivated. 
In his mind, though, that was a big move because his limiting belief story was that, or one of them, was that women in Boston hate hunting and they think it's disgusting. But he was willing to let go of these expectations and not care anymore because the person that would be his forever partner would love that about him. So he took his mask off and just shared this really compelling story. And I was like, wow, that's who he really is. He's really an outdoorsman. Like that's who he is in his beingness. He's one with nature, blah, blah, blah. Of course, I wasn't having these deep revelations on the date, but when I reflect, I just kind of felt that in the moment. Then I shared that I was writing a book and that there were going to be sex scenes in this book because I thought to myself, that's the truth. And I don't want to sugarcoat anything because I don't want him to like me for something, some curated story. I want him to know the real deal. And the real deal is I get up at 3.30 in the morning to teach workout classes. I do real estate during the day and I write my book at night and there happens to be sex scenes in it. And, you know, my family members are going to have to deal with that. (laughs) And so um, that was us both taking our masks off. And we didn't realize that we both had, yet of course we both had, because energy, you know, it was always an equal match. So my point in sharing that with you is being who you really are, showing what your normal day in a life looks like, that's who you're being. And going all the way back to point one, and this is why stillness is so important and why dating is such a accelerated tool for all of this is that if you're sitting here going, Garrett, I don't like my everyday. I don't like that I, that, that I, I don't like who I'm being. That's why dating is such a dramatic and confronting mirror because you may find yourself, someone asking you a question, what do you do for fun? Or what do you do on the weekends? And when you think about your answer, you don't like it. And then you have that confronting realization in yourself. Like, I don't like who I am right now. I don't like who I'm being. And that's why I had this deep realization that I miss dating because it is such an acceleration tool because it makes you do the confronting work with who you are on a regular basis if you are dating frequently. (laughs) And if you're not dating frequently and you're like, Garrett, this all makes a lot of sense to check in with yourself, check in with what your identity is, check in with who you're being, check in with are you letting go of expectations of those in your reality, whether it's via dating, podcasting, networking, in order to co-create to the highest potential. If you are realizing the importance of all this, we can understand why I miss dating (laughs) because it's just an easy way to do this work and you can access it through networking, podcasting, coffee chats, and journaling. Absolutely. But now we can understand why it's so confronting because when we do it on our own, we can kind of close our journal, (laughs) walk away from it, be like, oh, I don't want to sit with this thought that I just had. I don't like that I just realized that I don't like who I'm being right now. (laughs) But if you're on a date, what are you going to do? A lot of people lie about it or a lot of people have realizations. And this is why even if you go on a date with someone who seems like a jerk or you know you're never going to call them again or you weren't attracted to them, that if you focus on who you're, how you're showing up, who you're showing up as and the way it feels in the moment, that you will take something away from that co-created experience. 
that person just came into your life to show you something you needed to become aware of. Here's the problem. You can't become aware of it if you're hiding just behind the mask or on the surface level. And um, what I'm here to tell you today in the 33 minutes I've been talking is that this is a really epic tool that you can use if you choose to use it. You can go through the motions and you can use your LinkedIn identity and you can show up places and stay surface level or you can go a level deeper and communicate who you're being and if we let go of expectation and we go into a place of neutrality, we can co-create to some really beautifully infinite potentials. If I just show up to somewhere like, I don't know what this meeting's about, I don't know who this person is, I'm just going to be who I really am, a chance to shine, to have some crazy alchemy go on is, is, is really much higher versus being like, okay, I'm only going to this meeting because he's going to get me connected to that person and then I'm going to be able to do this and then this is going to happen. And most of the time it doesn't, right? But um, real-time example, I think I mentioned this on the last solo cast that I had been recently, I recently signed with a venture catalyst company out of Australia called Catalyze. And it was such an, a crazy, a crazy, amazing, beautiful endeavor. And I'm so excited to be connected and working with these visionary, you know, type people. Uh, but I did not set off to work with them. I did not say, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to strategize this way. And then I'm going to have this meeting and then they're going to want to hire me and all this stuff. I just learned about them through my friend Kat, who I podcasted with here because I thought she had a really powerful message to share with the world. She taught me about Squatify. I saw it as a great tool to help my clients. Then I saw it as a great tool to help my dad. And then in order for my dad to figure it out, I thought I'll get my dad on the phone with the CEO. And in that call, the CEO said, Garrett, I would like to talk to you about if you have any interest in working with this. So it manifested through a way that like I could not have strategized. Um, And I didn't even know it was something I wanted until the opportunity presented itself. So when we let go of expectation, we can allow dating or podcasting or networking or any co-created space happen in the, to the highest, most beautiful potential. So the reason I didn't just try to take the audio out of that IG live I did for Dorothy's um, Brave Hearts and try to plaster it on here is that if you go listen to that version, there's going to be a lot of questions about dating specifically. And it's, of course, because Dorothy's a breakup coach. She works in the space of dating and heartbreak and relationships. I work in a broader sphere and most often focus on body and food or money and career. But I wanted to share the principles of co-creation here and the way in which I now see dating, because I know a lot of people are currently dating, um, and also the fact that you don't have to be single to use this, call it um, self-exploration tool, because you can do this, like we talked about, through networking, podcasting, coffee chats, other modalities beyond dating, but we can take the principles, overlay them, and they are the same. There's one question, though, that I do just want to highlight because it's not my wisdom. Um, it's actually from one of my friends, Meg Gill, that she said to me, um, but it did come up through the one of the questions that I just want to address because it was powerful. So during the live, one of Dorothy's followers asked, she said, 
I have this really big desire to reach out to my ex and I don't know, I don't know how to feel better about it and I don't know if it's right and I can't like get rid of this urge to reach out to my ex. And I'm going to highlight this question in this episode because the answer didn't come to me in the way that I wish it had in the video, but I ended up DMing with this woman privately after, and that's when Meg Gill's wisdom came through. And also, I have now had space and time to think about it and share it with you guys here in a way that can also make sense going back to what we've been talking about with non-expectation, okay? So here we go. The question, I have this urge to reach out to my ex. I can't get it to go away, and I'm not sure if I should or not. Well, a long time ago, I had shared with my friend Meg that I felt unresolved feelings about my ex, and I didn't know why. I was like, it's so weird. Like, we dated so many years ago, and I don't know why sometimes he pops into my mind, and I think it's just because I want a friendship, and I don't really know, but um, in my gut at the time, I would share that with her. She would hold space, and nothing would happen because I think a couple times I reached out. I don't think he responded, and... um, then I felt stupid and all of that stuff that happens with exes and all of that. But um, what ended up happening for me was about, so 2019, about five years after our breakup, six years after I had met my ex and I got engaged, all of a sudden it was like the door was open for him to text me and congratulate me. And all of a sudden I could build a sort of quasi friendship, acquaintanceship where texting was completely allowed and safe and and just friendly and neutral that never existed before. And I was telling her about it. She goes, well, think about it this way. He was married and safe on his own island. And you were out floundering in the water, not knowing who you were, (laughs) what you wanted to do with your life and all of that. And it wasn't his job to save you. But now that you're safe on your own island, you know who you are, you know what you want to do with your life, and you have your life partner, you can both communicate in a neutral space from island to island. And I just love that metaphor because it's so right. When one person is still, like call it floundering or struggling, it really isn't our ex's job to support us at all. Um, and, And we don't want them to feel like it is. But there's something about being on the same level of energy and neutrality when we don't need anything from anyone, we can co-create to a nice, beautiful, high potential. And the reason I'm sharing this is because it, it, the, the way that she described it landed for me. I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Of course we can text because there's no expectation that anything would happen or transpire romantically because we're both romantically on our own separate loving islands and there's nothing I need from him beyond just pleasant communication. So obviously my answer was if you have a weird feeling about it in your stomach, then that energy that you feel is a sign. Listen to that. And so we can apply it in the same way of if you feel like a little bit desperate on a project you're working on, or you feel a little bit desperate in your search for raising money for your company, or you feel like you need somebody to help you accomplish something in your career, your work, a project you're doing, etc., that level of attachment completely uh, cancels the neutrality we need 
for true willingness and anything to be be beautifully co-created, right? So if I know that I need nothing from anybody, all, you know, everything is to be magically, beautifully, perfectly created, and I am reaching out from a place of neutrality and I'm willing to see what happens and know that there's always going to be an outcome that's better and more amazing than I could imagine. So I'll take my catalyze example (laughs) Um, just because I just shared that. I couldn't have planned for it. It was better than I could have imagined. It was, it just came seemingly out of nowhere. That's where the magic can happen for our fundraising opportunities, for our financial abundance or career opportunities, for networking opportunities, podcasts, and all of that. But um, we know what it feels like in our bodies, like this person described. It doesn't feel right, but I keep wanting to reach out to my ex, and it's this nagging feeling, and I can't get rid of it. That nagging, that annoying feeling, the stress, the things we label as anxiety, those sensations in your body are worth paying attention to and breathing through to eliminate them, to come back to a place of neutrality before we do, quote unquote, do anything. So whether you're dating or you are looking to co-create for all the other things we've mentioned... We have to have courage, but then we have to let go of expectations and then be willing to operate from a place of no expectation before anything can truly be co-created because dating is co-creation. Podcasting is co-creation. Networking is co-creation. Life is (laughs) co-creation. It's all, my God, I just snorted while I was laughing. That's embarrassing, Um, but so real. So, All of this to be said, we can also chalk all this up. There's one big overarching thing I want to highlight before I let you go, which is how do you feel in your body? Going back to point one, which is when we think about dating as a self-exploration tool, we show up, we have to communicate our identity first or through the mask that we wear or that we present to the world. And if our mask doesn't feel right, we feel off in our bodies. We feel anxious in our bodies and or the voice test. If I communicate, I'm a real estate developer and my voice gets really high, probably because it's not true for me, okay? So we get a chance to feel in our bodies, how does it feel to tell stranger A that I am a podcaster, an author, a teacher, whatever it is. Does my voice get higher or do I stay grounded? Then when we go deeper, We have to be able to take off our mask in order to encourage the other person to take off their mask or vice versa and be in a space of point three, co-creation. The biggest point of co-creation is to pay attention to how you feel in your body to make sure that you are not experiencing or holding on to any attachments or expectations and that in your body you feel neutral you feel no anxiety you feel no stress you feel no you know it has to go this way and everything is to be created more magically and beautifully than I as this earthling could ever imagine it may seem kind of out there but I can tell you from experience that it is oh so true So courage is a lower vibration than neutrality, is a lower vibration than willingness. 
Willingness is where it's at. It is a higher vibration. But in order to have true willingness, we have to let go of those expectations and come from a place of neutrality. Neutrality. So my hope is that you listening to this have a mindset shift if you are frustrated with dating, annoyed with dating, or feel like I did in my case, like you're losing your patience with dating because there are some tweaks you can do. You can use dating to test your identity, the mask you're wearing to the world, see how it feels in your body. Is it true for you? Second, you can test how it feels to take your mask off and see if you're even able to take your mask off and if slash when you do take your mask off and you go a level deeper, do you like what you find? Like we talked about, do you like who you are when you have nothing to do? That is a very big revealing point. And then three, are you letting go of expectations and coming from a neutral place so that you can truly co-create with someone, whether that's in dating or business or any of the other areas we have talked about today? Okay, hope this was helpful for you. I know I ramble sometimes and I know this was a lot. Maybe go back and listen to it twice or I really think it might be nice to pair this with the actual talk I gave that inspired this episode. It is called Dating for an ex- as an Accelerated Self-Growth Tool. It is on my IGTVs. It is also on the Breakup Coach Dorothy's IG page or her feed as well. And I will put all of that in the show notes. So thank you again so much for listening. Glad you're here. Um, and uh, please do write in. Let me know like how you feel about all of this. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. If you'd like me to go live on this subject, I'm also happy to do that. So thank you so much for listening. As always, dare to move.